BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Hello, hello, hello. What's up? Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, bringing you the good times in music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. We got a music filled show for you guys today, but before we get started, Let's say hi to our cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. My head's cut off. Well, you know, it's been sad with Naomi Judd passing away. I was a great fan of, of Naomi Judd's. And I wanted us to place a piece of music in tribute to her. But we're not allowed because we could be sued and taken, off, taken, off, the air. taken <laughs> off the air and all kinds of other horrible stuff. You know, years ago. Everybody promoted everybody. Everybody, nobody was litigious. Everyone was just friendly. And if a friend had a song, you'd say, "Hey, let's promote your song." Or if you want to do a memorial, a mem, a memor, what is the word I'm looking for? Memorandum. Memoriam. Memor- no, mem- memorandum. Is it such a word as memorandum? If know. not, there is now because I like the way it sounds. Memorandum. Yes, we're going to do a memorandum. Anyway, we can't. If you're admiring my shirt. My shirt is silk, and the buttons are mother of pearl. This shirt sold for about $122 about 20 years ago. Why? Because it's a Jimmy Star original shirt. <laughs> and it's, no, really, the buttons are worth the fortune. The buttons are mother of pearl. 
and they're gorgeous buttons. He always did very expensive buttons. Sometimes he did antique brass buttons from clothing that was 200 years old. Anyway, he made his shirts. They act. I wish I could do a close up. They're white mother of pearl buttons. Beautiful. And the shirt is a, shirt is a very heavy silk, a good quality silk shirt. And that's why it sold for so much money. Of course, I didn't pay a penny for it. I went into the warehouse and I clipped it. You know, I swapped it. I clipped it. it. <laughs> I stole it. I said, oh, I like this. Goodbye. And I took it. I would never pay $122 for a shirt. Never. I don't care how good it looks. That's so, a lot of money for a shirt, Jimmy. Couldn't you sell it for like $69 or $49? You got to remember, everything that I made back in the day was one of a kind, which means if it took the lady, and I didn't pay my help $2 an hour, so if it took the lady 10 hours to make the shirt at $8 an hour, that's 80, it cost me $80 plus the material. I had to sell it for a lot of money because it takes well, time I have to, to do it. I have to admit, all of the beautiful Jimmy Star shirts I have, none of them are crappy fabric. The fabric is always the, the most beautiful, expensive fabric. And it looks it. When I wear a Jimmy Star shirt out in public, I always get a compliment saying, wow, that's a great shirt. Where'd you get it? I said, it's a Jimmy Star design. Oh, I want one. Well, sorry, Jimmy no longer manufactures, which is something I really would like to do with him one down the road. Yes. I would like to do the Ron Russell Jimmy Star, the Jimmy Star Ron Russell whichever way, because, you know, Mr. Over here, he's got to have it his way always. So it'll be Jimmy and Ron shirts uh, designed for people who like high fashion. There you go. Let's say hi to everybody. Hi, so what's everybody. up, chat room? We got Dave Hughes just joined us. Hey, Dave Hughes. Um, we have B. Claudia. B. said that she's sorry for the loss of your friend that you put on Facebook. And she said she loves my glasses and she loves your shirt. Wait, how did she see that on Facebook? Teresa says I look so handsome and adorable. Wait, wait, ask B. Claudia how I... How that showed on Facebook. So that's where you wrote it. I wrote it not, I, I wrote it to Willie. I didn't write it for public. No, well, obviously it's on your Facebook. You told me nobody commented on it. Oh, oh, you're talking about Candy Darling. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no. Oh, because I lost a real a friend for, of, I lost a very dear friend of 60 years uh, in January. So I thought that's what you were from. Oh, no. oh, she's referring to, well, Candy Darling was never my friend. I I've, I was in her company many times because she was a very famous uh, performer. She worked with Andy Warhol and every, she used to go to studio. No, she was too, she was dead then. But she'd go to gay bars and clubs that I'd see her in. Candy Darling was really beautiful, but there's a lot of mysterious mystery about her death. I heard she committed suicide because she'd rather be dead than not have her breasts that she had put on with silicone. Uh, I heard so many tales I don't know which one to believe, but no, Candy Darling was never my friend. Mm -mm. I'm, I wish she would have been. Not even an acquaintance. I, 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 I don't think I ever spoke to her. Wow. You know, she would come and go. She was very theatrical. She would enter a room and be on, and nobody could go near her or approach her because she was doing her thing. She would pose and bend forward and show her knockers, you know, all that Marilyn Monroe kind of stuff. She was a showgirl. No, I, I was never in an intimate uh, uh, situation with her at a party where I could talk to her. No, I've never spoken to her. No. I like love it. We want to say hi. So Backpack John is also in the chat room. Dave Hughes is in the chat room. Roxy's in the chat room. You guys, uh, Roxy's our engineer. She's fabulous. Let me see if I'm missing anybody. I, I wanted to clarify that point because so many people, you know, say, oh, they're my friend or I know them and they're full of crap. 
if I say the person was my friend, it's a truth. They were my friend or I met them or I saw them. Those are the three things. I saw them, I met them, or I was friends with them. There you go. Jane Russell was my buddy. That's the truth. She was like my dearest, best friend. We hung out together. She was my closest movie star friend of all of them. But I knew all of them. I knew so many of them. Knew them, see? I, I didn't hang out with them, but I knew them. I met them at parties, said, hello, how are you? They ignored me. You know, who the hell was I? A young kid trying to be an actor. So, you guys, we've got a, a fun show for you today. We have a, a music a composer and arranger and performer, Ruth Weber, coming on. She's a, a friend and, and wrote a song with a very good friend of Eileen and I's named Mike Greenlee. And uh, so we've got her coming on. And then we have classical rock violinist uh, Daisy Joplin, who's like world-renowned violinist. And uh, she's got a big show coming up in New York and Hudson Valley at the Paramount Hudson Valley Theater. And uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. And I don't know that we've ever had like a violinist on. So that might be something new for us. Well, I like to be, have, we're a variety show, really. Yes. You know, I heard it in the wind that Donna Mills may be coming on. She is coming on in she two weeks. She is coming on in two weeks. And I met Donna Mills years ago. So we have a lot of stories to talk about Donna Mills and the girls from The Price is Right, Diane and Janice Pennington, uh, my, my buddies. Diane Parkinson is my good friend, and so is jo uh, Jan Pennington. So real quick, too, then we want to... Janice wanna, Pennington. I, I want to thank everybody for going on to Apple Podcasts and leaving reviews. Uh, every week we're getting, you know, a few more reviews when I say this, and I appreciate it. We're up to like 712 reviews, and I notice that all the big podcasts have lots of reviews. So if you guys could please uh, go back on to Apple Podcasts and uh, send put up little reviews for us, we'd appreciate it. Hopefully you like the show. Um, I think that... Out of 712, we only have like three bad ones, so that's pretty really? good. Who are the three bad ones? I don't know who they are, but... Evil. Yeah, but Evil. in general... I want to hear well, what they said about us. Uh, we're vulgar, we're crude, we're uh, wild, we're way out. That's because they're probably dead, boring, and, and stupid. Oh, Astro's here, you guys. He's upset because he pooped in the house and Ron yelled at him. <laughs> so he's sitting over there on the couch because he knows that he's Ron's pouting. Bad. He's pouting like he's a little pouting. kid. And the best part was I was out on the patio with him and in the garden where he could have made. And he decided, to, you know, why he gets he gets a little he has a temperament. If I'm not always appreciating his kisses and love, he gets spiteful. And I was very busy preparing for the show and I was in the shower and I really didn't have time to kiss him. So he goes and he poops this way. He gets my attention. You like love it. So Jimmy does the same thing. He poops all over the house. So we're going to bring on our first guest in just a minute, you guys. Before we do that, I'm going to do a quick commercial and we're going to play a short song. Um, we want to thank everybody for tuning in. You can hear us on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, TuneIn, Pandora, Amazon Prime, and SoundCloud. We're on about 150 other ones, but those are the ones everybody knows. And uh, since we're doing a music show and I'm a big 80s music person and I've been actually trying to get these guys on the show, I've been tweeting with them. Um, so we're going to play a song, How to Be a Millionaire by ABC, because ABC is one of my favorite British like 80s bands. And I think this song rocks. So I think Roxy's going to play it for you guys. So enjoy. And we'll come back with our first guest, Ruth Weber. Enjoy ABC, How to Be a Millionaire. Sit on the click of ice, rule out 
Yay, everybody, that's ABC. I don't know if you guys remember them from the 80s, but they were huge when I was in college, and I, like, loved them. So That's so. music that used to make you want to dance today. Mm. But I love that beat. Yeah, me too. I, like, love it too. So also, Tristan joined us from Australia. What's up, Tristan? Hey, Tris. All is good. We're going to go ahead and bring on our first guest. Um, so go ahead and let her in, Roxy. Hello. Hello. Hi, how are yeah. you? Good. Thank you for having me on today. Oh, no, it's going to be fun. We're going to have a good time. So, um, oh, do you, do you go by Ruth Hertz Weber? I only wrote Ruth Weber. Is it, should we what, do Ruth the... Weber's fine. Yeah. All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, composer, arranger, and performer Ruth Weber. Hello and welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So before we get started, let me introduce you to my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. Hey, don't worry Hi, about nice it. nice to meet you. It's nice to have you on. And then we have a chat room that's filling up with people. So just say hi to everybody in the chat room. Hi, everyone. Yay, it's be fun. So <laughs> tell us, where are you actually? Uh, where? Oh, that's B. Say hi to B, Claudia. She's in Germany. Oh, hi, B. She loves it when we have guests, especially music guests, because she loves she's like a big music person. And, and both of our guests today are musical guests. And oh, um, so she'll love it. So tell me, where are you actually located? Are you in California? Yes, I'm in the San Diego area. That's what I, th I thought so, because I, I saw a lot of stuff in your uh, in your bio said like the San Diego Men's Choir or something or mm -hmm. something like that. So you do. By a lot the way, of folks, San Diego is supposed to have the best weather in the United States. Did you know that? pretty nice today <laughs> no my, my my sister lives in san diego and she told me that it has the best weather of all of our country 
So we, like, we on, live in, on an average. We live in Palm Springs, so we have great weather, but then we also in the summer, you know, mm. it's like really, really hot. So we're mm. not that far away from you, but the weather sometimes is no, not we so are great. Far. We're not that really. It's like an hour and a half, right? Well, if you cut over the mountains, yeah. There's a shortcut. <laughs> there. No, there's I like, a like I it. think you take 15, and 15 brings you right into San Diego. So mm-hmm. the first thing I want to tell you is that you need to get more active on your social media. I went looking oh. for your social media and like you haven't tweeted and you haven't Instagrammed in a long time. So I didn't even bring it up. I told them to put up your website instead. But you guys can check out Ruth's website. It's RuthMakesMusic.com. And um, so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about your career and then uh, and then we're going to go over your new song that you uh, wrote with Mike Greenlee. And um, um, that's how you kind of like and how the you title how, of the song how is. you got here. So let's let's actually let's do. I wanted to give talk a little bit about her accolades first. No, I know that, but whenever you mention a song that someone's written, you must always give the title. It's called "The Music to My Life." See, there, there you, you go. go. And we're going to talk about <laughs> it. I first, I want to go over her career a little bit and some of the things that she's done because she's actually. Uh, uh, when Mike first suggested you to coming on the show, uh, we happened to get an, an opening just yesterday because uh, somebody gave a last minute cancellation and, and I booked for many weeks out. So I thought it would be a great time to bring you on. And uh, and then I Googled you because like all he sent me was the song. And I was like, OK, but you actually have some wonderful accolades. So congratulations, oh, you guys. Ruth you. has has won the John Lennon songwriting uh, competition. She's got a couple of Hollywood Music and Media Awards, which a lot of our friends have gotten those. Jewish American Songwriting Competition, Music City Song Festival, Global Peace Song Awards. I don't know how to pronounce this. Shall Shall Chalet. Shall Chalet Music Festival. She's a, a conductor on the feature film One Little Finger, and she's done music. She has a, a album, Ruth and Amelia, who is your daughter, who has a beautiful voice. And uh, so she also performs with her daughter and you can see more about that at ruthmakesmusic.com. Um, so she's done like a whole bunch of things. You believe and it. I it's actually like the stuff. children's thing that you did with your daughter. I like actually watched a bunch of the videos and stuff that you had up. Um, <sighs> so talk a little bit about that. How did you decide to like do something with your daughter? Um, I, I have two kids and they're both into music, but they started performing with me when my daughter was only three and my son was eight and we had an album a little kids group that we used to perform at like barnes and noble places like that until my son decided that wasn't cool anymore (laughs) so then um (laughs) we stopped doing that for a bit but then you know was when they got in college and things they they said you know that was, was actually pretty cool and so we resurrected that i i write a lot with my son um, co-write with him and then um, uh, perform with my daughter. So the, we're all involved in that together. We do a lot of family music projects together. So, That's so nice. nice. Well, how old is your son and daughter? Um, my daughter is 27 and my son is 32. Okay. So my son is the principal pops conductor of the Nashville symphony oh, right now. So they're wow. all music in music. Oh, that's cool. Is your husband in music also? Um, well, um, he got, we kind of got him into music. Okay. And when I, when we married about 10 years ago, then he, he liked music, but since then he got inspired by us and he actually released his own album this year. 
know that. What kind of so music he's, does wait, he wait, do? He's a second husband, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Because if and what kind Jet of music? only married 10 years. You have a 32-year-old kid. <laughs> so, <laughs> even, I could, even, I, even I could do that math. But, <laughs> yeah. but the chronological dad, was he musical? Uh, yes, he, he was an opera singer. Ah, see, that the kids got it from both mom and dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful, an opera singer. So you write music. Do you sing also? Because I noticed like a lot of times I see your daughter singing and I know you're a lyricist and you write the actual music also, right? Yes. Yeah, I sing too. We're in a duo together, Ruth and Amelia, and we both sing. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like love that. And so does your daughter live in San Diego with you or near you? Um, yes. Right now she does. She used to live in LA. And then during the pandemic, she moved down here because the area was very COVID heavy during LA. So I got the benefit that she moved to this area. Oh no, that's fantastic. I wouldn't want to be in LA anyway. Like we, we go there all the time, but like we like living, uh, we mm-hmm. live in, we're living in Palm Springs. We don't have to live in the action. Uh, we yeah, drive, that's a really we, nice we, area. We, we drive to the action and I have several friends. We have a couple movie star friends who live in San Diego and, oh. uh, and so it's very beautiful there. And I can remember as a kid going to the San Diego zoo, my parents flew us out to San Diego. I lived in Florida. And the San Diego oh. Zoo was like a big deal for me when I was a kid. Yeah, my sister lives in La Jolla, and La Jolla is a lovely little community. It is. Uh, and I remember we went, this is years ago, we went to a very strange place for dinner. It looked like a mine where people would go in a mine shaft to dig for gold. Is that restaurant still in San Diego? No, I don't think so. And I I grew up here, so I... Do you remember I, it? It was all I don't brown. remember that. It was brown wood, and it looked like a mining shaft. And it, and the food, it was a steakhouse. So and first it, of all, tell her how old you are so she doesn't feel like she's well, like... Must I always do that? Yes. I'm 30. <laughs> I'm, I'm 32. No, he's 82. Old. So like he oh, might be talking... He might have been 32. talking about something that was, you know, like <laughs> back, in, back there in the 50s or something. <laughs> no, 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 no. This was my mother was still alive, so... My mother lived in San Diego. So... 25 years ago. Oh, well. Anyway, so... 25 to 30 years ago. We'll have to look it up and see if it's... No, I liked it. It was a good steakhouse, and the steak was excellent. And it had, like, lanterns hanging, very dark and interesting. Like a mine. I would like that anyway. In the chat room, B. Claudia from Germany uh, wants to know whether you know the San Diego-based a cappella choir chamber Bravura, Bravura? all teens and kids, as well as performed at Carnegie Hall. Oh. Um... I think that I've recognized that name, but I don't, I haven't heard them. There's a choral consortium in San Diego where all the different choir, choirs are members and um, my choir is a member of that. And I think that I've heard of, of that choir. But and so what is, what is your choir? What is your choir? Uh, I'm the director of the San Diego Jewish Men's Choir. I'm the only woman in the choir. <laughs> And um, uh, so what, 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 what temple are you associated with? It's not associated with any temple. It's an independent choir. Oh. Um, yeah. There are people from all, the, all over the world in, in the group. Actually, Mike Wagner is in our chat room, too, from the Mike Wagner show. He says, hi, nice to see you again. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice to see you. <laughs> because because I, I, my friend Barbara Rosenblatt with one T, her uncle was Cantor Rosenblatt. Have you ever heard of him? Yes, I have. Yeah, he's the most famous of all cantors, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it, it, I love I love being Jewish, and I love Jewish. So <laughs> 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 it's a very romantic uh, religion. 
I like love it. I think that's hilarious. So did you always know you were going to wanted to be a singer? Like how, how old were you when you started like uh, figuring out that you had a musical inclination? I knew like when I was five or so, because my mom used to sit us on the piano bench with her and w she would play and we'd all sing together. And, and I knew I, I had to do that because it made me so happy. Oh, I like love it. Mm hmm. Well, you know, I'm an Italian, so I'm half Jewish and half Catholic. My mother was Christian. My father had Jewish uh, blood, mm -hmm. of which they got rid of because they were afraid that they were going to be killed by the wars, you know. Oh, so they yes. went and they hid and became Christians. <clears throat> but mm -hmm. if you dig the, deep down in, we're Jewish. As many Jewish people did during the wars, all the wars not just the Second World War, but Jewish people love to sing as Italians love to sing. They're a very singy people. I like love it. And a happy-go-lucky people when they're not being killed by Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> so are you a conductor like for a lot of things? I have another choir as well, and I, I've conducted all different kind of ensembles, but right now I just have two choirs. Just two. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I um, conduct on other people's projects like the film One Little Finger. I got to be the choral conductor on that. Is that your first film? The, I've, I've done short things before in the past, but this is the first feature okay. one that I was in. Actually, my men's choir is working on a documentary now. And um, uh, so I'm hoping that that will turn into something, turn into something well, well, great. what's your main line like what's what where do you make your living oh i um i teach music at two colleges down oh, here okay so you're a music teacher mm -hmm. that's that's important to know what colleges are in san diego i i teach at two community uh colleges uh, miramar college and palomar college okay i know and, palomar uh, yeah i like love it i think my nephew went to palomar it's a very popular uh, community college. Because my nephew uh, studied camera, and he uh, shoots yeah. all he shoots all the um, sports sports games down in San Diego. He's the cameraman. Yeah, they have a really good film department there. Yeah, and I think that's where he went to learn film. His dad was Evan J. Anton, the movie producer who produced documentary films. He filmed the entire pipeline from Canada to the United States when they were doing it. I remember as a kid, his working up there forever. Yeah. So in the chat room, too, they say you have a beautiful smile. So if you were going to be, let's do a hypothetical, and I've never said the actors, but you're different. So if you were, if you were going to have an opportunity to uh, conduct anything, any major you know, symphony, orchestra, I don't even know what you call all the different things. What one would you like to conduct? Venue. venue. Ven uh, yeah. And uh, and um, and then who? Well, I guess you don't really conduct artists, though. I was going to say what artists you want. Let's do that. Who would you like to conduct? Or where would you like to conduct if you could have pick anywhere in the world? I guess I would like to conduct in Carnegie Hall. There you go. Okay. And um uh, my my choir is actually working on trying to do a performance there, and um, I would just like to conduct some larger choirs. I, I right now the choirs are about forty or so people that I direct, but I would really like to direct a choir with like a hundred voices or so. 
That would be cool. When I lived in New York, uh, I would go to the Carnegie Hall quite a lot. And I used to always go when the gay men's choir sang at Christmas time. It was just the best show ever. And all those men with those beautiful voices, the Christmas carols really came alive. And Carnegie Hall is probably one of the best uh, arenas for sound. No matter where you sit in Carnegie Hall, you hear crystal clear. I remember when Judy Garland was there, uh, the roof almost blew off because of Judy's power. And Uh most of the time she pulled the mic down to her belly because if she brought it up near her mouth and sang there, I think the the windows would have blown out. Yeah, Carnegie Hall is quite a place to play. You'd be very happy there. I like, love it. Yeah, when you're there, if I'm in New York, I'll come and listen to your show. Okay. (laughs) So I don't know if Mike Greenlee's listening or not because he's not in the chat room, but he probably is. So I'm hoping he is. So first of all, let's say hi to Mike Greenlee. Say hi to Mike. Hey, Mike Greenlee, what's up? (laughs) <laughs> you guys, Mike Greenlee is a very good friend of Eileen and I, and um, uh, we've done a lot of work with him, and he's all kinds of wonderful things. He's one of the greatest guys I've ever met, and um, unfortunately, uh, a year ago, on May 1st, uh, his husband of many years, who was a super famous DJ, Tony Smith, he died from lung cancer, and so he wrote this song with you um, called The Music to My Life. It's written by you two, and I guess your daughter's singing, right? Which I didn't get yeah. that when I saw your daughter singing it, and basically it's dedicated to anyone who's lost someone deeply and forever loved, so um, it's really cool. Tell us a little bit of, of, about the song. Well, um, I have never met Mike in person. I hope to soon, but we've been communicating for several years and and always saying, oh, we, we have to write something together, and the last time we had we had emailed each other, he is when he told me about Tony, and he said he was the music to my words because Mike is a lyricist and Tony was the DJ. And um, right when he mentioned that, I immediately knew what melody should go with that title. I thought it would be a great title. And after I I wrote to him and said, you know, you might really like to make a song out of this for Tony. And and um, that he was interested in doing it. We later changed it to music to my life. So it would be more universal. And um, so that other people that were going through the same thing, um, loss and grieving, that they it would be hopefully something to help them heal. And um, uh, hopefully this is just the first of many collaborations because it was was really fun. And and I, I'm so grateful that they have the internet because I could have never written with Mike before because he lives in New York and I'm here in California. So now can we play this without getting in trouble? I think we're going to be able to play it. But she's looking. She Roxy just asked me, like, uh, am which, I going to get we get we just no, we, we're not going to get in trouble. We're not going to get kicked off the air. No. You know, they're crazy today. No, we're not you, going I mean, to. You're a friend and it's your music. I don't see why we can't play it. And why they get upset and why they kick us off the air. Oh, Country Super just joined us, too. What's up, Anton? So I want to hear the lyrics and the song, you know. Hang on. Say hi to Anton. He just joined us. Hey, Anton. How are you? <laughs> it's 3.30 in the morning, wherever he lives. <laughs> Anton, where, where are you, Anton? What part of the world? And Roxy, let me know if you have it. <laughs> and if we can play it. Because, no, I know we can play it. You know, it, it would mean a lot to me. I was with somebody for 46 years, and he died from pancreatic cancer. And it was very hard for me to put my life back together. So if there were music to help me, it would have helped. But then I, three or four years later, or five years later, I met Jimmy, and life does go on. And Mike will find somebody. 
and he will be happy again. He's a great guy. Yeah. He's also a great writer. He yeah. also wrote the he wrote the I think like the State of Virginia song, right? And yeah. It? I don't yeah. know what it's and called, but he wrote several the Billboard charting uh, disco songs too. So you never like face worked him? What do you call it? Facebook? What is it when you talk and you see each other? Oh, FaceTime. I'm sure FaceTime. she has. You've never FaceTimed him? We actually haven't even done that. No. You're kidding. Oh, really? Well, you should FaceTime him the next yeah. time you work with him. Makes it more intimate. I mean, we just send things back and we have been just sending back and forth. It worked out really well for us. Whatever works. <laughs> All right. Are yeah, we going to do it? I'm working on it. I'm are we going to do it, Roxy? Okay, she said stall. Give me five minutes because she has to download it. I sent okay. it in a separate transfer. Okay. So we're so going to stall for a minute. Because we don't want dead air. Dead air is not fun. That's okay. So who are some of your favorite musicians? Oh, I have so many because, you know, I grew up with classical music and folk music. My parents listened to folk music all the time. And, uh, and then I studied classical piano. So um, I have a wide variety of people that I like in classical music. I really like Lang Lang as a player. Okay. But uh, I like a lot of the folk singers. Um, Who's it? Name, name, name a famous folk singer. I don't know if I know anybody. I like Joni Mitchell. Oh, I love Joni. Actually, I've been trying to reach out to Joni Mitchell to get her on the stone on the show. Cause, uh, She's the one who sings both sides now, right? Yes. Yeah, that's like one of the greatest songs like ever written somewhere, ever. Somewhere in my life, and I don't remember where, how, where, or when, but Joni Mitchell was someplace, sometime in my life, and I, I vaguely remember this. I wish I could remember what it was, but I remember she was nice. I think I remember talking to her for quite a while somewhere. Yeah, yeah. This was back in the early... The late seventies, maybe early, mm -hmm. late sixties, early seventies. I didn't know that she was like considered folk exactly, though. Who's well, some she, other folk she was people? Kind of folk rock. Okay, who's somebody I, else that's folk? Judy Collins. Oh, I love Judy Collins. Okay, okay, so I like folk music. I'm okay yeah. with that. So you like folk rock? Well, I like it all. I mean, it's different. Uh, Mitchell did. Uh, I forgot her song. She had so many popular songs, hit songs. Big Yellow Taxi. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, really big. She had a really big. Big Yellow one. Taxi was really big. Well, both sides now is her biggest one. No, but she had a big, big. Because that was the Olympic theme a couple of years ago, or I guess it's a couple of years Joni ago. It's Mitchell. a long time now. I can't. I wish I could. I know the name came back, but I don't remember anything about. Oh, it. I love both sides now. I'm yeah. like a. It's uh, terrible. I mean, I listen to like a lot of pop and a lot of rock basically and and i like hip-hop he doesn't like hip-hop but uh People tell me to write a book about my life and i say you know i don't remember half of my life but every now and then somebody mentions a name and for a quick minute a picture comes into my brain does that ever happen to you you know oh, yes. you know, so you know what i'm talking about and so do our listeners i and it frustrates me because i rack my brain now jo jody Mitch johnny mitchell was a big star I should definitely remember how and where and why I met her. But anyway, I would love to meet her. So, all right. So she thinks it's ready. So Roxy thinks it's ready. So you guys, this is the, the name of the song, uh, which, by the way, is going to be released on uh, May 19th, uh, 2022. And um, the name of the song is The Music to My Life. The songwriters are Mike Greenlee and Ruth Weber. And the vocalist is Amelia Lopez Yanez, which is her daughter so, from Amelia, Ruth and Amelia. They're like own music thing. Wait, going. repeat her name again. It's a long one. Amelia 
Emilia. Lopez Yanez. Is that right? Did I Lopez pronounce it right? Arnett, like Jesse Arnett. No, no, Yanez. Oh, Yanez. Okay. No, no R. Yanez. Anyway, Yanez. you guys check it out. You guys, I think you're going to like, love this song. It's got a great sentiment. So enjoy the music to my life. Here we go. Here we go.
playing. Hey, everybody. There we are. Now we're so back. That was the music to my life, you guys, by, written by Mike Greenlee and Ruth Weber, sung by her daughter, Amelia, who's got a beautiful voice. Yep. And the music, the, the melody is nice. The lyrics are good. It's a good song. And everybody. the chat room loves it. Yeah. And we want to say rest in peace, Tony. I never actually met Tony. I know of him because he was a famous DJ. Um, uh, but I have great and love for Astro Mike, is back. For, uh, for Mike uh, Greenlee. And so... So uh, congratulations on a beautiful song. People in the chat room are saying they're crying and stuff. So it came across very well. Well, we don't want to make people cry, but, you know, no, that, it was so beautiful. Yeah, crying because they're so crying beautiful. because it's beautiful, not crying because it's sad. What's well, sad, too, but <laughs> yeah. we don't we don't. I didn't think of it as sad. I thought of it as being honest. Yes, absolutely. And this is Astro. He's our little dog. And he made a poop in the living room. He made a poop in the living room. Oh, that's who you're talking about. Yeah, that's who we were talking about. He was being punished. Now he's not really. He was just sitting on the couch. (laughs) Now he ran over here. That's punishment. He's very good. He never does it. It's just that sometimes he just can't help it. Yes. So it was a very sentimental song. Um, uh, and and uh, congratulations. And you guys, the song will be available on uh, May 19th, probably on all the like digital download sites and streaming sites and everything. So yeah. you'll be able to see it and you'll be able to see the uh, video will be actually released. Um, so if you got to see it here, that's a, a special thing because it's not available for the public yet. And uh, we want to congratulate you and Mike and your daughter on a great song and uh, mm-hmm. wish you all the best with the song. Have you ever been nominated for a Grammy? No, that's like on my bucket list. I hope I mean, my songs I've have been accepted and um, they've been, you know, they've competed, but we I haven't gotten a no- nomination yet. Hopefully okay. it will happen. Hey, we all have a bucket list. Yeah, we yeah. Came, Our we, bucket list is to came, win an Emmy. We've been nominated. Oh. But yeah, we we, haven't we came close. Yes. But the guy that won the Emmy over us has got a lot of money and <laughs> he's got a lot of sponsors and he's got a lot of people to promote him. And that's possibly why a lot of people win Grammys and Emmys because they've got the moolah clout. I like, so actually, I heard, I've heard that you I've, know, I've, if you pay a lot of money to certain people, you, you win a lot of things. I actually posted this thing the other day. I don't know if I still have it. Let me just look real quick. I posted it on my social media and I have a pretty big social media and it said, here's what's wrong with music today. Here it is. It's a, it's a picture of of Journey. I'm a big Journey fan. I've seen him in concert a zillion times. It says, has never won a single Grammy. And then it says, Kanye West has won 22. That tells me all I need to know about the Grammys because Kanye West is crap. You know, and Journey and all these great bands, you know, that never actually win anything. It shows how it's, it's, totally, it's totally rigged. <laughs> but I hope we wish for you to have. Uh, a nomination and a win. I would love Mike Greenlee. I know he wants to get a Grammy nomination, and he's yeah, I know he he's did. had a he's had a lot of he's had a lot of Billboard hits. Um, so yeah. we're we're wishing that for the both of you. And I want to uh, before you. we let you go, I want to let everybody know where to go. They go to RuthMakesMusic.com, right? That's it. Oh yeah, it's on the screen, yeah. everybody. You can see it. You gotta like love it. So we want to thank you for sharing the song, and thank Mike yes. Greenlee, and thank you for coming on the show, and we wish oh. you all the best with all of it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye, Bye, everybody. Yay. Oh, Dave Hughes said he won a Grammy. Oh, he won a Granny, not a Grammy. For what? (laughs) Dave Dave Hughes says, I won a Granny. I thought he said Grammy, but he said Granny. He's just a perv. He won a a Grammy cracker. What graham crackers? Remember graham crackers? I yeah, they're them. good. I love graham crackers. You gotta like love it. Dave, Dave, Dave said he loved the song though, and he's a big music guy in England, um, so he loved it. And they all said you're also on LinkedIn, so we can find you on LinkedIn, I guess. Oh yeah. 
There you go. All right. So, Ruth, thank you so much. Have thank a good one, everybody. Good one. Check out RuthMakesMusic.com. Bye. Bye-bye. Actually, be Claudio too. Like loved, loved, loved. All right. Um. So everybody, uh, in a little bit, we're gonna have another guest coming on. Her Roxy. name is Stacy Jopling. Roxy, and, uh, take this fifth lady away. We need to bring her on next day. <laughs> <laughs> bye, bye, Ruth. See ya. Bye. Yeah, but we said that this is like an Italian. I know it's or, an Italian goodbye. <laughs> no, a, or Italian or Jewish goodbye. You know, we start off in the house, in the kitchen, then we're out in the hallway, then we're out in the street, then we're at the car door saying goodbye. The more you're talking, though, then, like, she won't go away, I don't think, either. So you got to, like... Roxy, come on. We have a next guest coming in. <laughs> All right. Um, there you go. There you go, everybody. So hope you enjoyed Ruth. Um, she's fabulous. We enjoyed her. Thank you, Mike Greenley, for setting it up. Uh, I want to make a little, do a little up-tempo thing real quick for everybody. And um, Have we ever met Mike in person? I have, uh, I have not. No, I've met him. I do Zooms and stuff with him all the time, so I've done all kinds of things. But no, I don't think so. When we were in New York, we were going to meet him, but I don't. something happened that he couldn't come out to Eileen's because he lives in the city. For my birthday at the time? Yeah, he didn't come because he, he lives in the city, and I guess something happened. I forgot. Do I know him? He knows you. I don't know. We've had a couple other people that have. Have I ever seen him? Have I ever met him? Um, I don't know. No, I don't think you've it's ever like met the him. Phantom. He's... But we've had several people that he's written songs with on the show as guests, but we've right. never had him on. Because I know the name well, but I just can't place the face. Yeah, he's fabulous. Well, he's he he's uh, the one book that I wrote this big chapter on social media, and he's the one who got me in the book. Like they needed a social media expert, and he's the one who helped get me the author credit on that. Okay, and, uh, he's just a great guy. So you guys, real quick, we're gonna play Stephen Gately, New Beginning. Stephen Gately uh, was one of the first boy band members to ever come out gay. He's a British. Uh, now I forgot what group he was in. A big boy band. Uh, um, but this is the song that he made after he came out, and he he did a song called New Beginning, and I really like liked it a lot. And I actually bought the album when I was in England. And uh, so check this out at Stephen Gately, New Beginning. Seven years of waiting, seven years of holding on. Yes, it's been, yes, it's been. Always kept my faith in. I always knew this day would come. Let everybody know.
Yay, so B. Claudia brought it. It's Boy Zone with Ronan Keating and everybody, you guys. And uh, he was in Boy Zone, which is a great boy band. Everybody knows I'm a big boy band fan. I like love all the boy band music. And uh, uh, he was just great. And he was also with somebody from Cotton the Axe, she said. Um, it's not the actual video with four split screens, you guys. Uh, the reason the videos have the full four split screens is so that way it's different and I didn't get in trouble from YouTube and somebody else did it. Uh, so that way we don't get in trouble for playing the videos. I'm exhausted today, and I guess you see my energy level is low. I have been working around this house. We are making a movie star bathroom, which is a dressing room bathroom. It's got a vanity part where I sit with lights to put my makeup on if I'm doing a movie because I like my own makeup. I don't like the way they make me look. They make me look like I'm in drag, and I don't like that. So I do that. And and, the, and when the bathroom is completed, we will video it and put it on Facebook because it's truly quite a room. We've knocked down all the walk-in closets to make this an enormous bathroom. Okay, that's one. A, a windows. Uh, we're knocking the window out in the master bedroom to put in a sliding door to the pool, patio, blah, blah, blah. That's a lot of work. They're not doing that. They come and they go. They say they're coming. They don't come. I'm having the greatest difficulty finding somebody to do a concrete walkway alongside the house. So if anybody out there knows of a good cement person who's licensed, please have them contact us because we're looking to hire someone to do concrete work. It's an impossibility in California to find help. Now, I spoke to my friend John in New York City, who's a contractor, and he said it's the same thing in New York on Long Island. You can't get a contractor. Everybody's doing work on their homes. Oh, so I'm tired, you know. And we've laid, uh, what do we call those things we laid this week? Flagstones. Yeah, we laid more flagstones. We've got our backyard almost done with flagstones that you and walk I on. They're beautiful. I connected an outdoor shower. So uh, it's really looking great, but it's exhausting. Uh, doing the work, hiring the helpers. I mean, two of them, was two cement people were supposed to come and they never showed up separately. Two separate cement people. So what are you going to do? That's right. What are you going to do? Other thing, too, you guys were excited. Downton Abbey's coming out May 20th. I love that Downton Abbey stuff. And G Gilded Age got set, uh, got uh, renewed. Yep. So next year there'll be a new series, a new season of Gilded Age on HBO Max. Um, uh, what else have we been watching? And I've been in some of those mansions that they talk about. You know, New York City, uh, Fifth Avenue, uh, Ralph Lauren <clears throat> has his male... Uh, clothing line in one of a, ma a famous mansion. I forget who, maybe Getty or somebody. But um, they're beautiful. Those mansions really were built extremely, extremely lavish. What did we just watch, too? We watched something that we liked. Do I, I know? Forgot. I'm brain dead. What Isn't that funny, know? you guys? You guys, we're getting to the point where we go on. We have we have Netflix, and we have Amazon Prime, and we have Tubi, and we have HBO Max. And it's getting to the point where you can't find anything to watch because we've seen everything. No. And as <laughs> They're we, not coming out with new stuff and, fast enough. And as we would say in Brooklyn, we have so many th shows that we watch. We, we, we're looking for your sister's ass network. That's, That's a right. Brooklyn expression. Your sister's ass. Yes, if anybody's watching anything like really good, uh, Ron's all about it. We need to find something new to watch. And uh, we're also going to a very fun red carpet event Saturday for Kim Boynton, who was on the show, what, two two weeks ago or three weeks ago. And uh, she's got a, a, a 
a reality show that she's like launching. And so we're going to the red carpet excuse me, event for that. We were invited to the Hamptons on Long Island as VIP people to go to an art dealing thing that I was excited about because it was a three-day event of which now I'm not sure if we get our timing right because I may be in a film shot in New Jersey and New York in those months. So it's a hectic time for me. I really need to um, plan it out better because I'm all confused. You know, I just, I wake up in the morning, I say, okay, Jimmy, what am I doing? <laughs> he loves that because he's a control freak. So he loves to tell me what, what I'm doing in the day. Look at Astro. He's like chilling. But it's better to be busy than bored. That's right, you guys. And we have a lot of movie projects that we're working on. Yeah. But I'm happy about working in New Jersey and New York. That's been one of my secret dreams was when I was very young at 18 and 19 years old and I was an actor and I used to walk in Central Park or along Fifth Avenue and I'd pretend that there was a camera following me and that we were filming and that I was a famous actor and I was shooting a movie in Central Park. So if nobody was around, I would climb the rocks and deliver some kind of dialogue that I invented, created. And now I will be filming in New York City. And that to me is a big, big thrill because my childhood, my teenagehood dream is coming true. And I want to pass that on to you. So folks, until it's over and the fat lady sings, whatever you dream about can happen. Dreams do come true. Just takes time for some of them. That's right. But, oh, I never give but, up. But, but what a thrill it will be, especially if we ever should shoot in Central Park. Oh, my God, that would be like deja vu. Um, yeah. We're if, working on it, you guys. I'm producing the film, and I can't. I'm not. That's one film we're not allowed to talk about. No, yet. no, no. Can't talk about it. But are we? Do you think we'd ever we would do out location in Central Park? Do you think? I don't. There's no Central Park location in the script. No. Okay. That's I'll have okay. to wait for another movie. We'll we'll find a way to get you a, a, a something in Central Park, honey. <laughs> we'll find something. Also, then uh, we watched a cool movie. If you guys like old movies, we were on two. I think it's on Tubi. If you guys have Tubi, which I think everybody gets Tubi. I think everybody, if, as long as you have a smart TV, you get Tubi. Right. And it was a it was a western, and it was called The Professionals. It was it really wasn't a western. It was western themed, but in 1912. So it was it was after the west was won. Um, interesting film with Burt Lancaster. Uh, very good film. And Claudia, Burt Lancaster, and Claudia Lee, Cardinale, the beautiful Lee Italian Marvin, actress. Robert Ryan, Woody Strode, Jack Palance, Claudia Cardinale, Ralph Claudia Bellamy. Cardinale. It was a fun movie, you guys. I didn't like the end of it, but it was still a good movie. And they're asking, what about the Tesla? The Tesla has been ordered. It's red. And we should have it early part of July. And I really wish that Jimmy would go online and start to learn how to use the damn thing because it's all computer. Um, as I said, the BMW, when we get in it now, we have to use Jimmy's phone to call New York to talk to friends of mine because he doesn't know how to switch his phone over to my phone in the car. Now, this is a nice little BMW that has some technology. The Tesla is outrageous. I mean, it does everything. It's got a big iPad in it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like a movie screen inside the car, and everything is touch. So I've already researched it, and I went online, and I've learned a lot about it. Um, 
I just said to myself, God forbid the damn thing ever went on the fritz. You're never going to be able to get in your car, drive your car, or do anything. Yeah, it's a beautiful car. Here you go, B. If you're looking on the screen, it's the red one. <laughs> it, it's overpriced, but it's status. And Jimmy feels that he should have a status. And I've said, you know what? You work hard for your money, Jimmy. He really works around the clock. And I wanted him to have this test. No, I wanted him to have this Tesla. And I was all in favor of it. And I pushed for it. And I know it's going to make him happy. And it's his Academy Award. It's his, re it's his reward for being a damn good everything that he does. So I'm happy he's going to have his red Tesla. They want you to pet the dog. <laughs> oh, I, I was making out with him before. You yeah, couldn't... when we were singing the songs, he was yeah, like was making out with them. There he goes. I make, I make out with him all the time. Uh, now he's going to get up and not leave you alone. <laughs> he loves his daddy. He's a great dog. I, I could be mad at him for like a minute, two minutes, and then I melt because he's so sweet. So, uh, But anyway, I heard Buick has put out an electric car. Not cheap either. It was up in the 50s or 60s, thousands of dollars. But it's supposed to be quite a car, the Buick, you know, competing with the Tesla. And it's not probably it's probably only about twenty or thirty thousand less than the Tesla. If if it re if it comes out at fifty five or sixty, it's right in Tesla because you can get a Tesla without all that crap in it for about uh, how much forty three thousand, which is still outrageous amount of money. I remember when I was newly married to my wife, a house was forty thousand, a beautiful house, a very luxurious house, and now it's an inexpensive car. Oh well. We want to welcome Julia to the chat room, too. I'm um, sorry, Julia. I forgot what JB stood for. So welcome, welcome, welcome. We're happy to see you in the showroom. So our next guest is going to be coming on in about four or five minutes. We're going to play one more song. And, and I'm starving, uh, so I'm going to go get something to eat. We're going to play. Well, we can't eat. You can't eat, though, during the guest. Well, I have to eat something. That's I don't Just feel. Just get a little snack. My sugar's low because I've been working like crazy. So we're gonna play Ryan Brahms. We played one of his songs. He's just an, uh, an artist I really like. This is an, the new song called Superman, and the name of the artist is Ryan Brahms. We played one of his hits a couple weeks ago. I really like him a lot. And yes, Astro loves me. Thanks, Teresa. <laughs> and you guys enjoy. We'll be right back. Here's Ryan Brahms, Superman.
your joy And I know your pain Yeah, I see your strength Cause it took a little while Everybody, that was Ryan Brom, Superman. I really like him a lot. Met him many, many, many years ago. He's super talented. He's a great, a great, great artist. And I just got a message uh, from Jim Brickman because I've been trying to get him on the show, and he gave me an email address to email to set it up. So soon we're going to have hopefully Jim Brickman on, which would make me extremely happy since he's one of the greatest like songwriters in the history of music. Uh, so would you like happy. an orange slice? There you go. These are so delicious. I can't breathe. I love them, but they're not stale. I like them when they're stale. Did you ever eat an orange slice, folks? There you go. Orange uh, slice. I like love them. I actually like to stick them in my mouth and, uh, and like just get all the sugar off of them and then eat them, <laughs> which is fun. And they said thank you for offering. <laughs> well, you know, when your sugar level drops, I was outside smashing cinder blocks and lifting up cement and stuff. So, you know. When you do that, whatever you eat, your sugar drops. When your sugar drops, you get a little lethargic, a little demented. So you immediately have to have a sugar lift. Okay, so we're going to bring on our next guest. Um, our next guest, you guys, is uh, an amazing super talent. Uh, we I don't think we've had a violinist on the show before in 14 years, so it's going to be something new for us. And let's go ahead and let her in, Roxy. Yeah. Hey, how are you? fantastic i love the fact that i'm the first violinist you've ever had that is so awesome yeah i'm pretty sure that you're the first one we've ever had so now that i know that we can hear you let's do a nicer nice uh introduction for you all right everybody now we want to welcome to the jimmy star show with ron russell the amazingly talented and incredible classical slash rock violinist daisy jopling hello and welcome to the show great to be here Yay! So before we get started, let me introduce you to my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. You, my dear, I am dying to hear. I want to hear a classical violin. That's a rock violin. 
we're gonna play a video of her in a little while. And oh, good. I'm excited. It. I'm excited. We're gonna get this. You're gonna get to see it. So I have. You want You want an orange slice? <laughs> yes, it, please. It's delicious. <laughs> it's so good. So we have a chat room full of people. So please say hi to everybody in the chat room. And uh, and then you have to say because so so we have one uh, friend of ours who's always in the chat room and she's from Germany. Her name is B Claudia. They're putting messages up from her and she's like, I've already downloaded the music and and she loves you and she's so excited. So say hi to B Claudia, please. Oh, love it! Hi, B Claudia. Oh, and even Dave Hughes is like, bring on more violinists. So like that's yeah, pretty where, cool. Where did you come up with rock violin? I mean, how come they didn't like throw you out of the the room when you played that? <laughs> I mean, what the hell is what the hell is a violin? I, I'm dying to hear it. Can we play the video? Yeah, no, play the video. Play, you want to play the video first? Yeah, let's play yeah. the video so I know what the fuck I'm talking about. And then we'll get to yeah. tell about how she's played at Royal Albert Hall in London. And oh my god! I want to hear. I want to hear. Put the video. Okay. On. All right. So here's what we're gonna do. Uh, oh, also, uh, 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 Eileen is in the just joined us in the chat room. So say hi to Eileen. Eileen, love hey. you. She's writing in there how much like B Claudia loves you, and then B's writing in there that she's crying. She's so happy. Eileen, Eileen, <laughs> Eileen, do you want an orange slice? You gotta like love it. All right, you guys. So listen up. Jay Daisy um, has a show that she's gonna be playing, and we're gonna talk about that. Also called Irradiance. Is it Irradiance? Is that how I That's pronounce it? Perfect. Perfect. And uh, so she made a promo video to show what she does. It's Daisy, yeah. the Daisy Joplin Band. And uh, um, so this is the video that we uh, have. It's a promotion for the, the actual event that's taking place on May 22nd at the Paramount Hudson Valley Theater in New York. But um, uh, Roxy, I think you should have it ready so that this is the Daisy Joplin Irradiance promo video. So you get to see what Daisy Joplin does, you guys. Uh, hopefully she's got it ready and enjoy. Tick 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 t
Definitely the best violin that I've heard ever, even better than Charlie Daniels, who I love to death. And this was one of the best shows I've ever seen her perform at. But not only that, everybody seemed, the energy was so good, everybody seemed to be on top of their game. This is my first concert and I loved it. Minute, quiet down, sit there looking pretty. <laughs> when are you coming to LA? I can't wait. I mean, the one of the really you are wonderful. Let me tell you first you. what I think. You can play that fiddle like nobody. I love everything I heard, I love it all. I want to see it live. Everybody, she is absolutely outstandingly incredibly. Fabulous. And I don't, and I don't you, blow smoke way. up anybody's ass. You know, I tell the truth. God, girl, you got it. Thank you. Get your, get your ass to L.A. I like love it. So so uh, you're fabulous. Wait, you're really she fabulous. going to say something. Go ahead and say I'm going to have another say. orange thing. I'm so excited. yeah, I have another orange thing. I mean, the one of the amazing things about that show and about the show coming up on May 22nd is that literally half of that orchestra were students. And I'm talking like high school students. So we worked with them for three months and they probably rose from whatever level they started to, to like, you know, Way up there. in that time because they're surrounded by professional musicians and that experience for these kids, of course it's life changing for them, but as an audience, it kind of adds a whole other level to the energy of what's going on. Cause you kind of know something totally extraordinary is happening on that stage. It's not just the music. It's like the kids and everything they bring. And that's the same thing in the show we've got coming up on May 22nd, we're going to have the choirs and um, we've got these amazing students who are practicing like crazy. So, you know, they, they might normally play for their parents or they might normally play in orchestra, but not all these different styles of music. And they haven't heard of like the opportunity to be a professional violinist doing whatever music you want to do. 
Like I wrote a lot of that music because a lot of them grow up in like, well, they're supposed to play classical music, but that might not be, even though it's great, that might not be really, really their favorite type of music. I actually so, loved it there at the end when you were playing the who and the Beatles, I was like, yeah. holy shit, that's like yeah. awesome. You know yeah. what it re reminds me of years ago, that Greek fellow, the Greek, he, he was, he played music similar to yours. What was his name? Uh, Yanni. 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 Bye. Yanni. I love oh Yanni. My God. I love Yanni. My honestly, my dream, like biggest, biggest musical dream, is to put on shows like Yanni and maybe have a choir. Well, you you did. Five hundred kids. You know what I mean? You, like you, you did, and you are. Your music is as good as Yanni. Yanni, that's what came to mind right away. I love what you do, and I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. I love, love, love what you do. I don't care for most music today because it's trash. Yours is stylistic. It's beautiful. It's elegant. It's reminiscent of years ago, but it has a new today in it. I can't. I, I could write an hour's worth of bravos for you. So hold on. I, let me, let me tell I love, everybody. I love you. I love what you do. Let me tell everybody real and You know quick. who you look like? Lara Spencer, a good friend of ours. Oh, from Good Morning America. She doesn't know Lara Spencer. She's in America. She's a reporter on Good Morning America. My daughter, Leslie's best friend. And you look just like Lara Spencer. So I, I want to tell everybody. So you guys, it's a, a Radiance. It's May 22nd at 3 p.m. at the Paramount Hudson Valley Theater. You can go to ParamountHudsonValley.com to get tickets. It's Daisy Joplin, the, uh, the Daisy Joplin Band, Orchestra 914, and, and two high schools, right? Actually, yeah. We have two high schools and two middle schools. So like... Four school, yeah, two school yeah, four schools people. that'll be playing us, which I mean, it's yeah. got to be like the biggest thrill. So, in not the world only for them. are you making this wonderful music for us, but you're giving these kids a chance to understand what it's all about. Absolutely. Oh, and that's our I really, segue. I really commend, I, I commend that's you. our segue into Daisy has a foundation called the Daisy Joplin Foundation. Mm -hmm. It's daisyjoplinfoundation.org and it's a music mentorship foundation. Tell us a little bit about it. You know, um, when I first came to, well, I came to New York City and then because my husband, I came to live um, up here, which is northern Westchester. The city is Peekskill. Um, I never thought I'm going to work with kids. Like It just uh, didn't occur to me. But when I got my first concert, so in this local theater, it's a 1,200-seat theater, uh, you know, they were amazed that this um, – wonderful violinist was living, you know, in this small town and uh, there were no strings programs in the schools. So they basically asked me, look, can you help us start a strings program? And I didn't realize it'd be a lot. It's a lot of work. And I went, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> years later, you know, now we have hundreds and hundreds of children um, playing music. We've got to the point where we have a symphony orchestra in our local school and it's going to just get better and better. So each year these kids get the opportunity to come to our shows. We even took them to a show we did at Lincoln Center. And it's just, it, like, you know, they never have thought that this is possible until they're there. They feel the energy. They get totally excited and then they want to learn an instrument. And it really changes a lot of kids' lives to have that, you know, musical expression. I like love it. You're um, keeping you're keeping quality music alive. Yeah. And I yeah. thank you for that. And I have to say, I love the wall. Yeah, I've got I have a very colorful apartment. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much yeah and i mean there actually i just realized there's i think another two school districts involved in this in the orchestra as well there's a lot of kids from kind of all the different areas around where i live so um yeah 
So how long have you lived in the United States? Because I can hear a British accent. <laughs> I know it's not going to go away, probably. I've actually lived here 16 years. Oh, you don't want it to go away. It's so fabulous. I love the accent. <laughs> well, well don't, don't laugh, but I still have a Brooklyn accent, and I'm 82. <laughs> so look how many years I have. I don't give a shit. I go back to Brooklyn. When I start to sound like a Californian, I get nauseous. I don't want to say it's real neat. I want to say, yeah, it's okay. So I go back to Brooklyn. Do you go back to England to get your English accent back? Uh, well, I mean, I came here, you know, I've already spoken England for so many years, uh, English, I mean, with an English accent. But yeah, I do go back a lot. My, my Pretty much my whole family are still in England. Some of them might be here. Hey, guys. Um, oh, that would be cool. So the minute yeah. you get off the plane and you hear it, you're back. The English Just say hi to everybody in the chat room because a bunch of people joined the chat room since you've yeah, been on, and I'm pretty everyone. sure they're for you. So say hi to all <laughs> of them. If you if you just joined the chat room, folks, I would suggest you watch us in repeat because if you don't, you're going to miss out on some really spectacular music. Thanks, so I want to. Uh, so uh, actually, somebody in the chat room wants to know if you know Nigel Kennedy in the UK. I don't know what he does, but he's a good friends with Nigel Kennedy, and he thought maybe you might know him. That is amazing. That's Nigel Dave. Kennedy. That's so, Dave in the chat room. Say hi to Dave. Hey, Dave. <laughs> that is amazing. You know why? Because it was partly because, yeah, and that's right, I'll go into my violin as well. It was partly because of my first experience of going to a professional solo violin concert that I realized how powerful it is. And I basically, when I was 12 years old, maybe 10, I don't know, something like that, my dad took me to see Nigel Kennedy. Nigel Kennedy oh, okay. was an incredible British violinist. And what was amazing was, so me and my dad arrived just before the concert was going to start. You know, they let us in, they closed the doors, and there was a seat at the front of, the, we didn't kind of have time to find our seats. There was a seat at the front of the whole concert hall. I think it was the Royal Festival Hall, anyway, a big hall in London. And right in front of where Nigel Kennedy was just about to walk on stage, I was feet away from him. And my dad, <laughs> so, so the, the usher was like, just sit right there. So this little girl, I'm sitting there all like shy and nervous. And Nigel Kennedy, now he walks on stage, but you've got to understand back then, he was not wearing what all other solo classical violinists wore, which was probably some, you know, looking sharp. Tuxedo or something. Yeah. He was wearing like a punk haircut. I mean, he had like short, spiky color. I, I don't know. I think it was colorful hair. Anyway, definitely short, spiky hair. He had like torn black jeans. He was where I'm like, Oh my God. And then even though he played a totally classical concerto and I actually can't remember which one it was, he played like a rock star. You know, he had so much energy. And then when it came to the end of his concerto, the audience went crazy and he played an encore, which was like an improvised jazz piece. And I'm like, this is so cool. So then my dad came down to the front and he's like, we're going backstage. We're going to go meet him. I went, no, dad, no. So I'm really shy, you know. And we get to the backstage and there's a crowd of people all wanting to see Nigel Kennedy. And he spots this kind of little girl somehow at the back. And he's like, hey, you, come over here. So he's got a real, real cool English accent. So he, you know, I came up to Nigel and my dad's like, okay, Nigel, what would you say to, you know, a budding young violinist? to inspire her and he said practice <laughs> i was like oh god but you know what i really started practicing after that and that's um, so cool i mean that's very cool my life and that in a way is kind of you know which which brings me to my next question 
<clears throat> what separates you from an ordinary violin player? What I mean, made, maybe what, what, no made, what made you think that you could go places that no one else goes? I was going to say maybe there's no such thing as ordinary violin player because, you know, classical. Well, tra traditional, conventional. Yeah, classical conventional. violinists are like so incredible. I mean, to be a professional classical violinist doesn't matter if you're a soloist, if you're playing in an orchestra, whatever your, you know, outlet is, it's like it demands such dedication to play at that level. But anyway, you know. I um, kind of, I, I wouldn't have used these words back then, but a part of me slightly felt in a straitjacket. I mean, I do remember, you know, I went to the Royal College of Music, which is an, maybe the top or one of the top. It's kind of like a Juilliard, you know, of London. Yeah. Yes. Um, amazing teachers and, you know, just a fantastic institution. And I remember kind of saying, look, you know, this part, can I, can I like improvise a bit or like rewrite it, you know? And they were like, my teacher's like, it's a Mozart concerto. Like, Mozart's perfect. No, like, forget it. You know what I mean? Like, no. You know? And so I, I was really kind of wanting to do something different, but being brought up that, in a world. That you had the nerve to want to change Mozart. I mean, that's yeah. really nerve. That's nerve. Well, I wasn't allowed. I wasn't allowed. And I really had this feeling like nothing I could do could be on the level of the composers that I was playing, whether it's Bach, Beethoven, all these people who are who are just so idolized, you know, rightly so. But anyway, when I I, I did actually um, kind of finish my Royal College of Music, uh, I kind of got thrown up. But anyway, it doesn't matter. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> am I on interview? No, but he anyway. Been, he would have gotten thrown out too, I, so it's okay. I, I, <laughs> I found out you want to throw me off movies because I rewrite the lines <laughs> when I'm working in the film. There you go. No, but well, I, I don't like the way you, you know, I agree. Uh, I, you could spice yeah. it up a little. I found out about an improvising course that was in another college and I was like, I got to do it. I got to do it. And it wasn't easy at all, you know, because I've been playing the violin since I was three years old. So now I'm 20. So 17 years of playing the same, you know, just classical, like playing what, what, I'm, what I'm seeing on the, on the music, you know. And then I had to find my voice and everything I did just sounded like, a you know, a bad Mozart or something. But, but still these, these, um, tutors in this course which was at the Guildhall School of Music you know they, they helped us like just try and tell a story try and express emotion try and get to that place where we can find an original voice and yeah I and, love and it. He, yeah hilariously I then got I had this um thought to go and visit a friend of mine in Vienna Austria so a really classical music based city right Vienna the city of classical music and I decided to go there for a week to have lessons with an amazing teacher but I ended up staying um, in an apartment in a building with a lot of other musicians. And I met two other musicians who had already started improvising, even though they were trained classically. And we started like we'd go to the morning to our, you know, I had the Boris Kushner, one of the best violin teachers in the world, very, you know, Russian and classical. And then we'd like hang out in the evening and jam. And, um, you know, through meeting these musicians, that it was, as I say, not an easy journey, but we, we started um we started breaking the envelope and, and it just we just wanted to. We just needed to. And finally got signed to okay, wait, let, let, Let's make some money for you. What is the name of your album? Is it out? Is it coming out? Where can anybody get it? The latest album, thank you, Ron, is uh, called Who's Who. And it's actually arrangements of um, The Who, great songs by The Who. And I, you know, I grew up in a very sheltered, in the middle of nowhere, very sheltered upbringing, and I did not know the who 
Only when I came to the US did everybody say, oh, you got to wow. play Baba O'Reilly. So who's who was kind of a play on the fact that who are the who? <laughs> you know, I didn't know. Um, but I've got that album, which is my latest album. We've got another one coming out next year, 23. Um, and then I got an album called The Healer Within and Key to the Classics. You have nine um, of them. I wrote down that you have nine of them. Nine, which I got yeah. nine CDs, two with BMG, RCA Victor, yeah. and the latest one is vi original violin arrangements of great songs by The Who. You know, I, I don't want to seem like I'm a prehistoric animal, but I am. Years ago, we went to a record store and we bought LPs, you know, big album records. Today, I wouldn't know where to get music. Jimmy gets me all my music and he puts it in my car. And I want to tell you, if you if your music goes in my car, it's like winning an Oscar at the Academy Award because I don't put just anybody in, and I'm I'm putting you in my car for definitely sure. When we drive to L.A., it's two hours, and I couldn't think of anything better than listening to your music for two hours. So where can we buy it, and how much does it cost? So you can get all the albums. Honestly, you can get it on every single platform, whether it's Amazon whether it's, uh, you know, all the different iTunes, Google platforms. Play, all iTunes, of them. And, and, and what are they? You can stream it on Spotify. And what do they cost an album? You know, the album, I haven't looked at, the, they actually changed the price on Amazon. I haven't looked at the latest. I'm sure it's the normal amount, $10 or something like that. Okay, good. So everybody, it's an average price. I do that because there's a lot of people out there, you know, they're, they're on uh, social security or welfare or something you know they can't afford it but they want the music so now you know it's a 10 buck investment which is certainly worth it b claudia says you can also get it on her website yeah you can get it on my website you can honestly watch listen to it for free on spotify or you know whatever you oh, okay so there you go if you if you're on a fixed income and you can't afford to splurge on something go to outside, spotify you know food in america now is starting to cost a fortune california our gasoline is almost nine dollars a gallon and food is the most expensive so if you're a californian you know 10 bucks maybe knocks out your food bill but listen to it anyway for free on spotify do you know Lori neron I love not. She's one of my best best friends. She's an oh, she's in the chat room. So say hi to her. Hi, Lori. Hey. She's a, an amazing poet and writer. Check out Lori Neron. Um, the, oh, she's got a couple of beautiful books out. She's amazing. We're going to collaborate together on an album next year. There you go. Hi, Lori. So you're four million people will hear that by the time this is all done. So no, we want we're five million. Well, so I want to. Uh, I they want to <laughs> know also in the chat room. Do you know Rod Stewart? Of course, not personally, but of course I know who he is. Yeah. Okay. I guess they expect you to know all these people because <laughs> you're a superstar. You should know all the superstars. So yeah, but Ron Stewart is kind of like in Rod my Stewart. Rod Stewart is in my world now. You know, not too many young people. Everybody knows. Well, they know him, but they're not into him. You know, oh, I love Rod Stewart. I, Rod Rod is in my lifetime. So you guys, so let's talk about some of the stuff you've done. I wrote down that you've actually you played the Lincoln Center. I wrote down that you played the Royal Albert Hall. In London at fourteen. Wow, that, that's a big at fourteen though. Like, how the fuck did you do that? <laughs> that's a big. <laughs> I have to say that was such an amazing opportunity. It was actually that my local county. So um, I came in England from the county of Essex, mm -hmm. um, and the county decided to like put on an event where they showcase all the amazing art happening in Essex. It was called Essex Presents. And they hired, I guess, the Royal Albert Hall. I mean, there's 7,000 people. It's amazing. Well, they probably had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of 
children and different musicians playing. And I happened to be the leader of, it was called the Essex School String Orchestra. And uh, they asked me to play a Bach concerto. So I ended up playing a Bach concerto at the Royal Abbott Hall. And that experience was life-changing for me because I was, I, I mean, honestly, the week before I felt like I could have been sick with how nervous I felt. But the moment I walked out on that stage, um, you owned it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always said to people right after the concert, I said, you know, it felt like all those great musicians who had played there, it felt like their energy was with me. I don't know how to explain it, but I just felt like I'm flying. I mean, the concert went, you know, it's a 15 minute piece. It went in like two seconds. I was like, was that, it's over. Oh God. Mm -hmm. You know, but I mean, people wait their whole life hoping to be able to play there though. And you're like 14 and you have, <laughs> you're just getting started. Like, first of all, we got to say hi. Juliet is, which I'm going to assume is your sister. That's my sister. Say hi to Juliet. <laughs> The great thing is she lives in Norway. My sister is an incredible viola player. She leads the um, Oslo Opera Orchestra viola section. She has an amazing string quartet of just played, where's it, Jules, in Columbia or somewhere? They're, they're basically in the U.S. for two hours, exactly in my interview. Oh, um, how cool is that? Engergaard String Quartet, check them out. They are off the charts, amazing! My favorite string quartet in the world. They've just been playing some concerts, and they're coming back. Congratulations, Juliet! So, so when you were young, how like how many hours a day did you practice? Um, probably it depends what age, because you know when you get into your teenage years, you do more. But probably oh, an right. hour, maybe two. Uh, oh, that's we, it. I mean, <laughs> when I got, I mean, at college, I probably did four hours a day. Well, I was supposed to. Um, oh, I don't know. You see all these movies and stuff. I would have thought like all the like musical genius prodigies and you see, you know, basically they're doing it like eight hours a day or something. I was like, so you had an actual life. You got to do things besides just this to become this good. Yeah, I did practice a lot. And you got to think it happens every day since one is three years old. I mean, that's a lot of hours if you count. Up yeah, that's true. Hours. That's true. But yeah, my my had I had an amazing mom and dad and my dad's not with us anymore. But my mom was like totally encouraging. I have two siblings and my brother also plays the cello professionally. He's absolutely amazing. Lives in London, Orlando Joplin. Um, and he's also an amazing conductor and runs music festivals and all kinds of things. So we three were all like practicing before school, after school. I mean, we practiced a lot. Where, where did it come from? Which parent was the one that had the talent? That you, you know, they, they both did. Um, my dad's mom, so my grandma was a professional singer. Um, really well-known professional oratorio singer i think um anyway but my mom's family also has you know music in her ancestry as well so two other things i want to make sure because ron's going to love one of these but the first one is i also wrote down that you collab and you had all these other people but i didn't know who they were so i only wrote down the two i know you collaborated <laughs> with bobby mcferrin and han and han zimmer bobby mcferrin it's like don't worry be happy dude right that don't is worry, the happy. story the story of this, uh, the main moment that I'll never forget with Bobby McFerrin. So, you know, we're going, it was actually at a festival in Mexico. He's an incredible improviser. And it was when I was with this string trio based in Austria, in Vienna. So we get this collab, you know, with, with amazing friend of ours, Jose Ariane, who's a great conductor in uh, Mexico. He invited us to this uh, festival in Mexico. Centro Historico. And we're playing with Bob McFerrin. And, and, you know, Bobby doesn't really like to rehearse. So we met him like maybe some hours, something before the concert. And uh, we said, Bobby, we've like 
actually written out the arrangements of the songs we're going to perform together. So you have to do like this form. You know, you can't like he the songs that we were doing of his, he'd sung with a million different artists, probably every time completely improvising, you know. And so um so basically we we're, we play a couple of songs, everything's going great, the audience is going crazy, we're having a great time and we get to this third song and we we start off the song, everything's going good and then Bobby forgets that particular form that we've told him we're doing and he's like <laughs> off in some other part of the song I mean totally other part of the song in this moment I I can't even tell you I was ready I wanted to have a hole in the floor I didn't know what to do I'm like it was the felt like the worst moment of my life like what the hell am I gonna do and then this all happened of course in a split second I'm looking at the other two in my trio Tristan uh Schultze Alexei Goodisman they're anyway also incredible musicians and um basically Bobby in a split second of course realizes that he's gone off in this different part of the song and we're still playing like the other part of the song and he looks at us and he thinks it's so funny that he actually gets the giggles on stage in the middle of the concert. I bet that would be hilarious. And then then he's like, okay, just go from here and then we play the rest of the song. But I'll never forget that the same thing happened to me and Bobby McFerrin. He thinks it's the funniest thing that ever happened to him. And I'm like, you you were like, you were, you were ready to cower. (laughs) Yeah. And it, it just reminded me that, you know, what happens to us it's all a matter of perspective of whether we think it's a good thing or a bad thing. And, and I mean, since then, I know that I've managed, but I've tried to laugh at stuff, you know, where I would have. Well, and Hans Zimmer, too, like, didn't he do, like, the Miami Vice theme or something? I don't know. He's, like, big, Hans Zimmer. Oh, he is. Inc- oh, God. He's done a million. I mean, Lion King, but, like, a yeah, okay. million films. And I, I, I learned something amazing from him as well because I came from Vienna, Austria, which was very based on kind of, um, like the craftsmanship of being an orchestral composer, you know, like how to write every chart for every instrument. you got to know the instrument's capabilities. And and we get to L.A., my first time in L.A., and Hansima, and he's he's an absolute genius, right? Creative genius and brilliant, like created this brilliant samples library and brilliant with um, uh, all kinds of things. Um, but he said to us, look, you know, I'm not really like your average Mozart, you know, where I write every single chart for every member of the orchestra. He said, you know, I'll write the basic thing. And then I got my composers who were helping me. And and uh, and he said, you know, he was just trying to, he was basically being absolutely honest about who he was. Um, and I was like, really? Like, doesn't he do it all himself? You know? <laughs> kind of judgmental. I, ne- I never said that to him, of course. But guess what? Right now, you know, all this music that I write, right I'll put like a basic thing together I have incredible arrangers like Dean Franson who write all the orchestra charts and I never do it without them so like I love it sorry that I like don't judge people because in the end you might find I mean I do anyway you know you end up doing what you think say hi to Errol Errol Rappaport's in the chat we know know Errol we met him at Johnny's 911 celebrity event oh nice Uh, yeah, he's on my foundation board, and he's fantastic. He's like fabulous. Okay, so yeah. uh, I I saw in a bio in a bio or someplace that you're working on two concerts to be played at the Great Pyramids of Egypt. Whoa! Now Ron is like oh. all about Egypt. <laughs> Take me with you, Ron. You've got to come. Fourth of November. I mean, I can't really. Take me with you. Fourth oh, of November please. is what I'm planning. To hear your music around the pyramids, I think I would drop dead from joy. I mean, I can't imagine, you know, in Italy, in Portofino, there was a concert many years ago that I went to and they did it in one of the uh, 
Roman theaters, the ancient Roman theaters. It was an experience I'll never forget. The, the, and I forgot, I think Pavarotti was singing. And it, it was, oh, I can't believe you're going to do this in Egypt. I have like to Ron, there. and I'm not kidding you, Ron, Egypt uh, is Ron's thing. Like he watches every documentary on Egypt and the tombs and the pharaohs. And where are you playing everything. in Egypt? Where? Around Next the, to the pyramids. Oh, I'm going to kill myself. I'm, 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 <laughs> hang, I'm getting off the show. I'm leaving. <laughs> so how did you decide to go to Egypt and how did you work that? And who the whole Wait day? A minute. Let's talk going? about this. Uh, I knew you please. would love this. I knew you this has got to be. I can't. Could you imagine listening to your music with the pyramids the way they light them up at night? You know, Jimmy, you're going to have when are you doing <laughs> when are you doing Egypt? November 4th, she said next year, November, year. November's year. over. November's over. No, we're in April. <laughs> oh, we're in May. We're in May. Sorry. November passed, Jimmy. No, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. Yeah, next year. No, this year. Well, I meant, <laughs> I meant not. You know when oh, I see. Yeah. Assuming that the year ends in the summer and starts in the fall. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So November 2022. 2022. Well, may maybe you'll see me there. Uh, you got to come. I'm serious. I'm not lying. And Ron, we, you, we, you and I, I mean, we're all on the same page because actually we're also planning a concert at the Viona, uh, at the Verona Arena in Italy. I'll be there too. Year. Yeah. <laughs> and, and by the way, everybody, we've only just, I had the, I mean, somebody of my team had the idea like two days ago, but uh, we really want Andrea Bocelli to, you know, sing in that concert. So let's Absolutely. just put that out there. To now, the now we put have, it out there to the world. Wait, we have to get somebody to book you here out in the Mojave Desert. In oh, the yeah. wonderful canyons, my yes. God, your music will travel through the whole canyon. Oh, I can't breathe. I love this whole theater part. You know, it's very, very exciting and big. I'm totally into that because in the, the magic. I am too. I am too. In the, the chat room, they're writing, we just bought a Tesla and now we have to go to Egypt and that'll be your two big things. <laughs> no, Jim, when I turned 80, no, Jimmy was supposed to take me for my birthday to Egypt when I turned 80. But then the pandemic came and we couldn't yeah. go. So now I'm, I have seven or eight movies to do. Jimmy's producing movies. We don't have the time to go. But November of, of the, 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 this coming November. November. I think I'm filming somewhere in November, July, damn it. August, but anyway, if I'm not, I'm very serious. No, we would love to come to that. I am very, come. I'm not bullshitting you. If you see me there, please remember me and say hello. They want you in <laughs> Germany. They want you in Germany too. They want you to come to no, Germany. No, I, I want to be in, <laughs> I, if, I'm, if I'm in Egypt and they're playing this music with, next to the pyramids, I will have an out-of-body experience yeah. and I will join the, the, the kings of Egypt in the next world. You so they're having another Have you been to slice. Egypt before? I actually, for the first time, I've, I've, I mean, honestly, it's incredible Ron saying all this because I went for the first time in, no, well, November 29th, so basically kind of December last year. So just recently, uh, I spent a week, uh, went to Dubai, couldn't wait to come back. I mean, love Dubai, but uh, came back, spent another week, went again like a month ago. I'm going again in June. I am so blown away by the magic of Egypt. Yeah, he can't wait to go. I believe in reincarnation, and I believe that yeah. I once, because when we work on the house and I do cement work and stuff, if something is heavy and Jimmy and I can't lift it, I say, just a second, when I was building the pyramids, we used levitation. Let me show you how we did it. And it's like I, I really thought I did it. I'm not kidding you. He figures out how to like move things. It's like you need 10 people to move them, and he's like literally like figures because out how to do I it. Because I remember building the pyramids. 
I mean, people think I'm nuts anyway, so what do I care? I, Ron, <laughs> you don't even know. This is this is beyond crazy. I literally, because I did probably about 100 hours of research before I went to the pyramids, and of course there's a lot of theories out there, but my theory is that they built it through levitation. Like literally out of all the theories, that is my theory. That's what I tell everybody. And when I was there, I stayed at this we're going to connect off this interview. I stayed at this incredible villa next to the pyramids. I'm going back to stay there in June. Like I practice with the pyramid right there. I'll send you, I, 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 oh, I'll send them, you know, we'll put some photos up later or something on here. Literally I'm practicing <laughs> with a pyramid right here. And, um, and so the guy who's the caretaker of this house, he's really into this as well, you know, because I'm like, I know that not everybody's going to think this levitation thing is, you know, normal, whatever. But he and I, we were like, diving on this this is what happened and the fact that you can bring that into your own life as well as soon as i heard it ron i started to try and levitate i did like half an hour practice a day well, wait a minute let me tell you something in when we lived in florida all the way down the, the end of florida the, the boot is a stone castle built by this little skinny man the man was like four foot nine he weighed about two pounds little skinny man some of the stones are 60 tons and he built this at night when nobody was around. I forgot what it's Coral, Coral Coral Castle. Coral Castle. Look it up, folks. It's fascinating. And you gotta do a concert there. Uh, yeah, you, I, you, well, you really wouldn't have the space. Yeah, it's probably not big enough. It's not big enough for the thousands of people that would come. But it's a wonder. <laughs> no, it's a wonderful uh, arena. Anyway, in the apartment that he built, on the wall is a code, and he said if you can decipher this code you will know how to levitate. And we suspect that he was extraterrestrial because of his size and his head shape. And I feel that the pyramids were built by extraterrestrial knowledge. Thousand percent. Thousand percent. Yeah. This, honestly, yeah. you know, I listened to this. It's like so amazing we're talking about this. This is not His favorite shop show is Ancient <laughs> Aliens. He like never misses it. He watches Ancient Aliens. No, you know, like, people, he people, loves that show. People say, to, no, people say to me, oh, Ron, you're crazy if you think there's people in outer space. I say, excuse me, do I think you're crazy because you believe that a Jewish man was put on a cross and then pushed a rock out and became Easter? I said, you know, <laughs> you, you, you believe that? That's a way, far more way out than my thinking of, of, a, of, a, of a spaceship coming here thousands and hundred thousand years ago to develop. Don't forget, Earth, has got, Earth goes before the Bible. Oh, yeah. People no, don't I mean, know that. that they that, think that, the Bible you know, started Earth. This is such an interesting time because a lot of people believe this is a very like transitional, transformational time for us as humans and for the planet. And that the healing that we are doing, whether it's uh, for ourselves in this life, but maybe also in, you know, the DNA we have from all the lies before us. Absolutely. That, that healing. So some people have, um, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this in an interview. It's just so great. But some people have learned how to really, uh, like take, you know, take any one of us people into that past life experiences. And it can be very healing because they can be experiencing some issue, whether it's health or financial or anything in this life, which is something to do with, you know, a trauma they've brought with them. And they, they basically, what, what do you say? Uh, anyway, transgressed, whatever the, anyway. Yeah, transgression. This, took this guy back into a life where he said, oh, this is I'm living in the time when the pyramids were built yeah. and he describes how, yeah, there were 
four different alien races that came down to really help Earth, you know, really help the human, our human population. Um, and they were kind of the early pharaohs. And they somebody used- once questioned my belief and I answered simply because this person was a simpleton. And I said, OK, if you go on television, they announced that on Thursday night we're doing a rerun of the movie we just played tonight. That's a rerun. Think of it this way. Everything you learn while you're alive reruns in the next life. That's why you can play with the fiddle the way you do, because you could have No, I call it a fiddle. I play fiddle because I play Irish folk music. That's fiddle. No, I mean, I do that to be cute. Don't correct me. I'll punch you in the face. (laughs) We're married. We're allowed to do that. I was going to say, you must know each other a long time. (laughs) We're married for 10 years. Oh, we're married for 10 years. 10 years. But anyway, um, I firmly... Listen... There was a years, a years and years ago in the, in the 1950s, a six-year-old kid played a grand piano. In two minutes, so. And he played a Chopin like nobody ever played, and the kid never had a lesson. Now, where the hell did he get the, the knowledge to play Chopin on a piano? I, I mean, come on. That. Oh, my God. I can't believe. So two minutes. I want to say May 22nd. It is uh, here in Westchester and Peekskill, New York. I wish uh, I were there. 3 p.m. And the, another, I've got another show on July 9th in a really cool venue. Oh, wait, it's, July um, 9th. There's a possibility we're in New York. Oh, what? New York City. I have a show. Yeah, this is it at the Chelsea Table and Stage. Awesome venue. They opened in October last year. It's spanking, yes. you know. Randy Edelman cool plays there a lot. I, yes. I don't know our exact. I'm supposed to be f- working on a film in New Jersey and New York in July. But I was also... We're invited to the Hamptons for a VIP, whatever. So July looks like we're going to be in New York. So I'm definitely coming to meet you. And I mean, I love your music. I'm your biggest fan now. You guys, too, just know she's played in Vienna. She's played in China. She's played at the Lincoln Center. There's probably no place she hasn't played. Well, things are just getting going. Because when you play this sort of music, the world wants you. You know, if her music was crappy, she'd be playing in somebody's basement in Hoboken, New Jersey. No, you got to love it. So you guys go to daisyjoplinband.com. You can get tickets if you're uh, in the area in New York. You can go to paramounthudsonvalley.com. Um, but please uh, follow me on my social media. You know, this is how it works with artists nowadays. You know, check me out on YouTube or the social media. We need to build that up in order to really play these concerts we want to do around the world. So, And please. it's Daisy Joplin, you guys. Listen, D-A-I-S-Y-J-O-P-L-I-N-G. Listen, I've been around. I, I'm in the business 64 years, oh, go, and I know junk from good stuff. You're going places, darling. You're going to be big. You're going to be the next Yanni. Oh, yeah. You're going to be big. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, You're yeah. so talented. We love it. I'll, so everybody check you, it out. I'll bet you uh, 20 bucks you're going to be well, 20, 200 bucks. You're going to be big. No, she's going to be big. So everybody, thank you so much for coming on the show. Best thank of luck. You. Congratulations I, I, on all I, your success. I met we you had a blast. I met you, and I love you, and I love your music. And I love you, too. Thank really? you for making thank you for making me happy because I was kind of sad today because a friend of mine died. So thank you for making me happy because your music sure did. It got me up and going and and it was wonderful. Oh, and say real quick, say goodbye to your family. You have a million family members. Say goodbye to all of you in the room. <laughs> Bye everybody. Thank and, you. And, Best and, family and, in the world. Best fans in the world. See you. Bye. If Eileen Shapiro is listening, loosen your bra a little, honey, and relax. 
Oh, there you go. We love Eileen. I love Eileen. <laughs> Yay. All right. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye, everybody. Much Thanks Bye, so much sweetheart. for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next week. Enjoy. Bye-bye. In the mix, yeah, we in the mix. It's another episode. Here we go, the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Interviewing the hottest, newest, and truest of today's celebrities. Make sure to subscribe so you can get notified weekly. Jimmy Star, he's the king of cool. Ron Russell, he's a gorgeous dude. Chat room is live, and you would be a fool not to vibe with us at the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. So come watch it live on W4CY Radio. Miss some past episodes? Download on iTunes. The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. It's the Jimmy Star Show. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.